good morning. It is uh, great to have uh, you joining us wherever you are, whether uh, you're at home with friends or by yourself or uh, out someplace or just watching it on the TV or the phone or wherever. It is great to uh, have you here. Um, so this morning, uh, just uh, kind of thinking about what we're trying to do these weeks right now. You know, uh, last week we kind of uh, changed what we wanted to do with a few of these messages here because things just kind of changed uh, culturally around us. The numbers changed and you could just like feel it in the air. And so this morning there's a passage I want to read to you that I think is so, so timely for uh, what we're going to talk about. Um, and it's in the book of Ecclesiastes. And I really want you to see this uh, uh, here. So I'm going to just start off with this passage. So wherever you are, pull out your Bible, your phone, your iPad, computer, whatever you're going to read this on in uh, the Bible, uh, pull that out right now. And um, this passage is so good and so timely for us, like they should make a song out of this passage, right? Okay. And it's found in Ecclesiastes. Out, you know, it's like in the middle of your Old Testament, if you're still looking for it. Although if you're on your phone, just, you know, Siri, go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Chapter 3. Let me, let me read this to you here, all right? It says this, starting with verse 1. It says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. That one's very timely, don't you think? Um, verse six, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear down and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. You know, uh, like again, uh, it, uh, this is written by a guy by the name of Solomon, and he just captures this idea of seasons and how life can change on you. And, you know, just reading through that, doesn't it just feel like um, we could write a few more verses to this? Yeah, I think so. Like, you know, um, a time for theaters and a time for drive-ins, right? Or a time to buy toilet paper or a time to buy bidets, right? A time to stay at home, a time to go out. Like we could just go on and on because he captures this idea of how life goes through change and there's these seasons. But the other thing he captures in this that I know I feel in this and it's the thing that I uh, see when I um, am talking with people or interacting with people and it's that it also highlights the kind of instability that is in the world and especially right now, right? Just, it's like it's even hard to tell what time or what season we're in. It's like it keeps changing on us in all of this. And there's this underlying issue that he points to in this, and it is that instability. And I know the thing that I'm concerned about and that I think about and even drives me in what I want to share with you this morning. And it's the concern that I'm seeing that as we stay in this season of such volatility, and as we all realize, uh, there's not going to be this quick into it right around the corner. Um, 
there's a kind of stress that comes with it. And I'm seeing it wear people out in families and marriages and friendships. It's the persistent worry of the unknown, whether it's with your health or someone you care about or the economics of it, the social unrest that we're facing. They're just like all of these things. And I can just see it continue to have this kind of impact that's just like wearing people down. And you know, in some ways, if we just stopped in verse eight here, uh, it would be a huge identifier, right? We, we would go, man, Solomon gets what we're going through. But if we stop there, it would also leave us stuck, wouldn't it? It'd just be like, you know, thank you so much, Solomon, for, you know, pointing out the obvious in this moment. But the beauty of this passage and what I want to go on and look at here is um, he's going to come to define the problem a little bit. We'll look at that briefly. But then he offers this kind of beautiful hope. And that hope couldn't be more timely. Because what he points to is that no matter what the season, there is this kind of gift. There is a, there is a gift from God. And it is that gift that I want us to look at and maybe understand a little bit more this morning. Because I want you to come away from this morning and come away from this message and what Solomon writes here with a kind of hope and a way to move forward despite whatever season you might be in. Because here's the truth, friends. There is a way forward. You can put your hope in that, I promise. So let's look back at the passage. And before we look at this gift as Solomon describes it, I want us to just look very quickly <clears throat> at what he defines here um, as uh, the problem. He kind of walks out what this, why we feel this instability. Look at verse nine here. He says this. He says, what does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men, right? Here's the burden. Here's the, the problem. And he's going to walk it out. Verse 11. He has made uh, everything beautiful in its time. In other words, there are these magnificent things in this world, things of value, things of ultimate concern, things that are deep and good and beautiful, right? And then he goes on and he says, he has also, right? In addition to that, he has also set eternity in the hearts of men. So just pause there for a second. So in other words, there are these deep and beautiful things that God has worked into this world that are a part of it, these values. And you know what? We have awareness of them because he's put eternity in our hearts. And so when you think about putting eternity in our hearts, think of it as Solomon is getting at more than just the idea that we just think of like, well, does forever exist? Like he, what he's, there are ultimate concerns that we have. We have things that matter to us of an existential nature that, that go to our very existence about purpose and value, what our lives will be. Like, like if I were to just ask you, what is one of the deepest concerns and values you have in life? And I bet some things would come to mind. You might be thinking of a relationship and you might just say, I'd do anything for that relationship. Or maybe there's something you're seeking to do at work and, and, and maybe it wouldn't be the ultimate concern, but it matters to you. Maybe you're navigating a problem and you find yourself saying, I'm not going to just do the selfish thing here. I'm not going to, uh, like, because you have these values that matter. 
you're actually considering doing something that is selfless or for somebody else because God has put eternity in your heart. That's you, that's me. But here's what happens though. Look at what he says, he, he moves on. Um, he says, yet, right, they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. In other words, God has, God has put eternity in our hearts. We have these ultimate concerns, but we have this struggle. We can't know everything we would want to know about what concerns us the most, right? We don't have the, the, the ultimate answer to the ultimate concerns that we have. We, we face these moments where there is something that is so important to us and we, we can't fathom all that God has done with us. We don't understand the whole thing. What he's, what he's saying here is he's saying we're finite. We are finite creatures, but we have eternal questions. We have eternal uh, concerns. We, and, and it's not just that we don't understand it. On top of that, we don't have control over it. Like some of those people that you love, <laughs> that, that you love so much. I bet you can't control them the way you would love. And, just, and you're just like, I know what would be best in their life if only I could. And you can't. There's the struggle. We live with these deep, profound concerns and things that matter, and yet we don't have the knowledge we would want about it, the wisdom, let alone the control over it. And there can just be something of great upheaval in that. And so here we are. We go through a time of pandemic. We go through a time of social unrest. We go and, we, and think about how much we care about all of this. Think about your worries and concerns when you watch the news, uh, when you talk to others. And yet, while we all have opinions about it, we don't know for sure. And we for sure don't have control over it. And it builds anxiety. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And that's what we face. And so if you're here this morning and you're finding yourself saying, man, I, like, I'm struggling in all of this. You're not alone. Like, if you could just magically have all wisdom and control, but could only apply it to one thing in your life, one issue, what would it be? And yet here we are and we can't. So Solomon points all of this out. And again, instead of leaving us right there, he, he explains this amazing gift that we have from God. And as we begin to look at this gift, think of this gift as offering this kind of hope and this kind of way of moving forward, even when we live in a world with so many seasons and even when we live in a world where we don't have full knowledge or full control over what we wish we did, there is still a way forward and it's a gift from God. So let's look at this gift from God. And I'm gonna spend the rest of my time just walking through this in the most practical of ways. So here's this gift. Look at, uh, starting in verse 12, he says this. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy. Pause there for just a second. Because um, at first you go like nothing better than like to just be happy. Um, but uh, the, the Hebrew word that he uses here is sama. And uh, sama is 
it's this interesting word. Uh, you can translate, you could translate it good, but you can also translate it happy. Um, and it has this kind of far-reaching understanding of happy. Uh, another really good way to translate this, and maybe some of you have this in your Bibles, is to rejoice. It, it is, right? And he's saying there's nothing better than for people to have like something to rejoice in. Um, and uh, again, kind of far-reaching, it is a rejoicing in something deep and profound or something uh, more uh, lighthearted or something we might think of as shallow. Like Samal would cover the idea of the kind of happy feeling you would have, the rejoicing you would have at the birth of a child and just go like, oh, it's a miracle. It's beautiful. It's wonderful, right? But you could also use Samal, like one night you just open up the freezer and there's like some leftover ice cream and you're just like, whoa. Oh, I think I'm going to eat that, right? And that feeling you get, like, it could be that too. It's just, it's this far-ranging thing. So, that's Sama. That's Sama. Okay, so here's what he says. I know, <clears throat> I know that there is nothing better for people than to be Sama, to be happy, and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. And what does he say? This is the gift of God. Now, friends, I want you to hear this because it's so easy to pass over this and, it's, and it just feels like, is he just putting like a little poetic, uh, little parable thing at the end of this whole thing about all of these seasons? I don't think so. I think part of what he's trying to get at here is he gets what we feel. He gets what we're struggling with. And then he says, but I want you to understand there's this kind of gift that God has given you and given me that will help carry us forward. And at first, it's so easy to miss because it's just kind of like, oh, and you you know, there's just, you know, God's given us this gift. There's nothing better than to just kind of be happy, right? But it's more than that. There's this deeper sense to all of this. And what I mean by a deeper sense is it becomes a way forward. It is to understand, and I really want you to hear this. God has a gift for you that no matter what season you are in, whether it is war or peace, a time of tearing down or a time of building up, a time to mourn or a time to dance. Goodness and rejoicing are always timely. Goodness is always timely. Goodness is always, always in season. And what God is saying is, that's a gift. It is in some way always available. And yet that is such an easy thing to forget. But what he's saying here is that the possibility to experience something good, the possibility of moving something forward to be good, it is always a possibility. It's interesting. Um, uh, when you look back at this uh, uh, verse here, um, Look at verse uh, 13 real quickly. He says that each of them may eat and drink. And what he's kind of capturing there is kind of that shallow end of, of Samah, right? But then he says, and find satisfaction in all their toil. And the, the Hebrew word there for satisfaction could also be translated good, which is kind of interesting. It's a, it is a related word. It's the, it's the Hebrew word tav. 
Um, it could also be translated happy or good. Very similar to sama. Um, but there's kind of this slight difference that gets carried. And, and it's the reason why a lot of Bibles translate this satisfied or satisfaction. Because it is a kind of happiness that comes from toiling towards something, to put yourself into something. You get at the end of this thing and all of a sudden it is out of that toiling that you experience that sense of happiness, that sense of satisfaction. It's like uh, maybe some of you are runners, right? And maybe uh, you trained and trained and trained and then you ran a half marathon or a 10K or a marathon or something, right? I know, I know there are just tons of you out there that have, have done that, maybe even this week, right? Um, but have you ever, you know, you, you put all that energy and effort into it and then you get at the end and you may be exhausted, but the feeling you have is just this like, right? Tav is like, it is that feeling of that exhale when it is like, I accomplished the thing. I put energy and effort to something and I moved it someplace and maybe it came with pain. Maybe it came with suffering, like running a marathon, but it was worth it. And again, it has this wide range. It can be something that you do in a physical way. It can also be uh, that sense of, I put my energy and effort and maybe it cost me, maybe it was painful, maybe there was hardship in it. But at the end of the day, it was about doing something that was related to how God has put eternity, ultimate concerns in my heart, things that matter. And as I put energy and effort to that thing and followed through with it, I experienced like it was worth it, right? And what, what, what Solomon is saying is in any season, on both ends of the spectrum, there are these simple things that you can rejoice in that are there. And there are these things that you can put your heart and your energy toward. And, and it may even be difficult, but at the end of the day, the act of trying to move it forward, toiling forward in it, can produce something of a kind of joy. And he says, that is a gift from God. And here's why I think that he says this. It's, it's interesting that of all the gifts uh, that we could point to that we would say uh, God has given us as human beings, like Solomon points to this one. And I think it's because in the midst of this kind of struggle that we can go through where we can become paralyzed with like I, the, all the I don't knows and all the things that I have such concern about and, and the fears that sweep in in a time like this, it is so easy to hold back or to feel like I've just got to hunker down or to feel paralyzed. And there's something about this one that actually activates us and gives us a way to move forward. And that is a gift when you're in a hard or difficult season. And you know, uh, when you think about this idea of just experiencing goodness or happiness as a gift from God, um, sometimes it can be easy to think of this as like, but that just seems kind of shallow. And isn't there, but I want you to think about this. And here's why I think Solomon comes back to this uh, for another reason. It's because it speaks to the very character of God. What he's asking us to do is actually engage in something that mirrors the character of God in this. You know, when you think about God, 
Uh, I think about even the creation narrative, right? Um, when you think about the creation narrative, God, uh, through, this, uh, through this beautiful story of the creation of the universe and of this world, right? With each day, God creates. And what does he do at the end of the day? He says, this is good. And guess what word he uses in the Hebrew? Tav. The same word Solomon says is a gift to you. It's like God works and toils and does this thing. And he gets to the end and it's like, oh yeah, that feels good. That brings joy to me. And there is this theme throughout the creation narrative. And it is this theme of God. Like it's part of his very character. He loves to like move something forward, something that is good. And he moves it forward. But in moving that thing forward that is good, it is not just that it is good. It is, it's like a part of his character. He feels it. Like there's this kind of rejoicing and celebration that God feels and experiences in this. You think about the birth of Christ right? Comes to this point in history. All of history has been moving to this point and finally the Messiah comes. God's own son comes to this earth and one of the first things that happens is there's this host of angels and they come to these shepherds and they share this news and what do they do? They like celebrate. There's like this goodness. There is this joy that they speak of and that they sing in this moment because this is the character of God, right? This is this beautiful moment. And you think about Jesus. He explains to the, to the hurting, to the poor, to the spiritual zeros, the people that thought that they were far from God. And Jesus, he's always trying to help them understand how the kingdom of God works, right? And when you think about the kingdom of God, think about life and relationship with God. And I love the kinds of stories that Jesus tells. He tells stories about buried treasure for crying out loud. Like what kind of rabbis did that? And he's like, I want you to understand when you think about life and relationship with God, I want you to think about it like you went out and you found buried treasure. He talks about pearls. He talks about these beautiful banquets that are beyond people's imagination. Why? Because they bring joy. They bring, right? They bring this sense of just happiness at its most basic and this kind of tav at its deepest. Because it is like the very character of God. You see it in Jesus when he's healing people that were hurting. It is a part of his character, friends. You know what else I love about the creation story? Is that when it comes to creating you and me, creating humanity, it says that he created humanity in his image. There is something about his character that he said, you know what? This part of my character, I want to infuse this into human beings. I want it to be something that they need, that they long for, that they desire, that, that will be part of just who they are. And I think part of what it is to be the Imago Dei, that is like a, just a, a fancy theological term that means you and me and every single human being in one way or another is made in the image of God. It's that we long for something to rejoice in. The human spirit starts to starve and shrivel up. If we can't find something, it puts a smile on our face. If we can't find something 
to put our energy towards something good that, that we'd be willing to sacrifice. It's like a part of our soul begins to shrivel up. And I think it's because God made us in his image. And what I love about what Solomon is saying in this moment is... You need that no matter what season it is. If it is a season of war, if it is a season of peace, there is, you need to experience Samah and Tav. And it is a gift from God. It is there. And I think what Solomon is getting at is he says, so this is the gift. Take a hold of it. And maybe one of the most important things I would want to say this morning to you is, if this kind of goodness and beauty and joy is the very character of God, if God's gift to you is to actually have that in any season of your life, I want you to take a hold, I mean like grab a hold of that truth and pull it in to become a kind of reality in your life because you need it. And if there's ever been a season where so many people in our culture, in fact, in our entire world need this, it is now. And the beauty of it is if you can actually grab a hold of that gift, it will move you forward. It will pull you out of being paralyzed, but why, whatever fears you have, it will pull you forward in whatever frustrations or aggravations you have. It'll pull you forward in whatever the unknowns are that you have in your life. You have something to rejoice in. You have something to find satisfaction in. I promise you that. Even if it doesn't seem like it in this moment, you do. Because it is God's gift to you. So let me just take a moment or two and just, especially maybe for those of you who are just saying, okay, Glenn, I like I'm going to believe that that's true, but I don't know how to actually get a hold of that. Let me just talk about a couple of ways to get a hold of that. And for those of you that are just like, oh my gosh, I see that truth and I'm off to the races already. Like you just like go off to the races already, right? Have fun with that. Use that. But I'm sure that there are a few of you right now going, okay, I want that. How do I do that? So let me just, let me just share a couple of ways uh, to get a hold of this. And, and let me say this. I, I think what comes out of this passage, the way Solomon explains it, is that there's two ways that this gets expressed in our lives. And the first one is, it's what, it's, it's an experience that we kind of receive. Um, think about what he says back in verse 12 when he says, um, right, it is to be, um, Sama. It is to be happy. It, it's like to just, like it, it's an experience we have of something that has already happened in our lives. But then he goes on, right? And he says, and it is to do good. It is to do tav. And that is, uh, there is a way of giving that joy, that happiness away. There is something uh, that we, we carry forward in this. So here's how we can do this in two ways. One, look for the good thing, uh, no matter what the season in your you're in. Look for that little thing that maybe, maybe it's, you know, as simple as I found some leftover ice cream in the freezer 
to the birth of a child, to everything in between. And, and the reason I say look for this is because when we get into those seasons where we feel paralyzed, when we get into those moments where you listen to the news and you feel the fear or you get into a conversation and, and maybe it's this argument that you have about what's going on in the world around you or maybe someone says something that, and you just like, it becomes so easy to miss those little moments of what to rejoice in. Uh, uh, there was a movie uh, years and years ago, and I think it was called Dan in Real Life. And it just, it kind of exemplifies this, even in deep ways. So it's the story of this man named Dan. And I think he has three daughters. His wife dies unexpectedly. And now he is this dad trying to raise, I think all three of the girls were teenagers. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. So here is this single dad trying to raise three teenage girls. He's just a little overwhelmed, right? He's just trying to be a, a good dad and do all the right things. But in doing so, it's like he's lost in this world. He's trying to mourn the loss of his wife. He's trying to take care of these girls like, um, and, and do his job. And what gets left out is just taking the time to notice the simple joys of life. It's like the first part of this movie walks through this story and it's a guy and it's just like there's no joys in his life. Like he's just missing all of these things. There's this one scene that I think just captures his frustration in what he's in. One of his teenage daughters is dating this guy and he's not the best guy, right? And Dan just is like, this is not the guy he wants his daughter dating. And they're gonna go on this family uh, uh, trip to visit uh, relatives and Dan tells his teenage daughter like your boyfriend can't come with you and you have to go right means she's going to spend the whole weekend without her boyfriend she is she is destroyed she's just you know in fact there's this scene where they're out in the front yard and she's so mad at her dad and she says to her dad you're a murderer a murderer you know he pictured this dad and he's just like, I just am trying to take care of my daughters and I'm trying to mourn my wife and I'm just, I'm trying to get us all in the car and my daughter is in the middle of the line in the lawn screaming, you're a murderer, a murderer of love. <laughs> it's just like, and there's no explaining it to his teenage daughter, is there? There's just, there's, you know, he doesn't have the control. He doesn't, have, and it just captures this thing. But the sad part is, there's still joys in his life. He's just not seeing them. But as the movie goes on, there's friends and family. There's this moment where his brothers speak to him. And, and part of what they're saying is, Dan, you've got to move forward in a way to let yourself see, feel, and experience some good things in your life because they're there. And all he does is quite literally open himself up to those good things. It doesn't mean that the bad things go away. And right now in your life, what I am not saying, what Solomon is not saying is just pretend not to be worried about COVID-19. I'm not saying um, to just act like um, there's not these, this social unrest that we're trying to find ways to navigate in our lives. What I'm not saying is ignore economic or, or, or uh, financial troubles that maybe you're facing. The gift is 
despite all of those things going on. There are still little and big things to rejoice in that are all around you. And as Dan started to see some of those little things in those joys, it opened him up to laugh and smile, to enjoy life. And in the end, it opened him up to move forward in relationship with others in the most beautiful of ways because as a human being, he needed it. And you, as a human being, you need it as well. So what are those things? Start your morning off and think about what are those little joys that are in your life? You know, it can be as simple as just having someone who mourns with you, right? It's not that you have to smile and laugh all the time, but there is something to be glad about. There is something to rejoice in. There is something to be thankful in. That if there's something that you're suffering through in your life, and there is someone else who is in your life and just comes alongside you and is with you in that, that is such a good thing. That is a gift. And you might find in just acknowledging that gift, it like it moves you forward to actually mourn in a way that moves you forward and actually doesn't have you stuck. Maybe, maybe it's uh, something as simple as just taking note of the moments that you just laugh in a day. Things that are just funny in a moment. Laughter is a gift, friends. It is a gift from God. And even if it's just for a moment, it's still something that you needed. It is still something to rejoice in. Uh, maybe, maybe that thing to rejoice in is the growth that God has given you and has, has caused in your life through this difficult time. Maybe the thing to celebrate right now is to realize as hard as all of this has been, God has been growing my faith. And if you would have never gone through the last few months, you wouldn't have the faith that you have right now. You wouldn't choose going through this again. But you can still rejoice in the fact that God has been growing your faith. It is okay to be happy about that. See? Maybe it's as simple as realizing, gosh, we've been having family dinners. I mean, like family dinners where we sit down at that thing called a dinner table more times in the last four months than we did in the five years prior to this. And you go, that's kind of a good thing, right? Just let yourself enjoy the enjoyable blessings that God has put in your life, big and small, and watch it lift you and pull you forward. Second thing here, and I want to just take a moment or two on this one is think about the good thing that you started doing in this season that you want to keep doing when this season is over. And I say this because I want this to be a way to activate doing that good thing, right? So it's one thing to see the good and beautiful things that, that, that you're receiving. But you know, there's something good for your soul about doing good things, about bringing goodness into this world. And yes, uh, 
primary motive in all of that is, is what you're doing it for. But you know, there is something about the character of God when he was creating the world and he was doing this good thing. And right, he was doing that for us. He was doing it for creation. But we also know, like it was a good, it brought joy to God's heart to, to toil and to work and to give this away. And in the same thing, we need that. But here's how I want you to think about this. I bet there's something that you started doing in this last four months and maybe you did it out of necessity. Maybe you did it because you saw a need and, and you started doing this good thing. What is that good thing that you want to keep doing as you move forward? Maybe it's as simple as like, man, we started doing these family dinners. You know what? When we get past this season, there's nothing that says you can't be deliberate about doing that good thing some more in the next season. And you know, friends, this season, someday it will end, right? It may not be around the corner. It may not come fast, but someday we will be in another season and it will probably be a better season than this one, right? So what are you going to carry forward in this? I think about us as a church and what we carry forward. I mean, I think about us as a church. You know, we, we have started building more relationships with people and organizations in our community uh, than ever before. We have a relationship uh, with hospitals and doctors and nurses and just the goodness that you have been passing on to our community, the way you have, uh, we have risen up to feed more people and take care of more people in this time than we have in any other single window of time. Like it is this, we're having an impact on our, on our neighbor. And you know what? As a church, when this season is over, that good and beautiful thing, I want us to keep doing that. There's, I, I want us to keep building those relationships and keep being this force of good and beauty and a voice for the love of Christ deeper and deeper in our community. We're going to do that as a church. But what is it that you're going to do as an individual? What is the good thing that you're going to do, big or small? Because as you toil and work toward that, despite all that's going on, you will come to that point where you can experience that kind of beautiful exhale and see that God has given you this wonderful, beautiful gift. It is the gift to experience his joy and his satisfaction. Because friends, every season is a season for goodness in God's world. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you for your good gift your good and beautiful gift that we can find your joy and your love and your satisfaction whatever season we're in. And may we grab a hold of that for all we're worth and allow it to pull us forward. And we pray this in your son's name, amen.